Alright, I'm gonna wake up my one year old. Come on! <laughs> Fucking get it, Omega! Go. Holy fuck, he said nothing! Go get her and grab her shoulder. Hi everybody, and welcome to a baby shaking. No, we're not doing a baby shaking. To a Wolverines recovery, impact invading, Roman Reigns table setting, which actually sounds pretty nice. Uh, episode of the Brothers of Discussion. I still, I'm still gonna hang on to that Roman Reigns setting the table. Uh, don't forget that you're. Your, I almost said bread fork was on the left of your soup fork, and neither of those made sense because bread and soup don't need forks. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk everything. <laughs> we're going to talk everything, from literally, uh, as we do every week. Matt, from Sting letting it snow. Oh, isn't that nice? Uh, to the rise of Abaddon. Uh, apologies to the band Heart and a song probably I only I can reference. Back to Avalon. Yeah, we saw One Armed Heart cover band once in Vegas, and they covered that, and I crapped my pants with joy. Matt, we're gonna cover those and so much more. It's of course another week of spicy wrestling coverage, um, especially since we tried a, yet another beer from Rochester Mills uh, that tasted like jalapeno peppers. Matt, how are things at the baby shaking house of Eddie? What's going on? Don't say that. We've never the baby's never been shook. Jesus, that's not funny. I saw her um, dancing to ACDC. Shook me out. Oh, yeah, that kind of... <laughs> um, well, I was going to jump right into you completely ruined it because I was all ready to say after the spicy beer, everything went well the next morning. So I'll just go ahead and say that. Um, nothing. Yeah, nothing too spicy coming out the other end. So that's always a win. Hey, that's a victory. Yeah. Uh, but you want to check out uh, everything on BODpodcast.com, discussion.com. I was halfway through getting that shared on our page here, so you guys can all take a peek. Uh, so head on over to discussion.com to see uh, all the old blogs that we have up there, our old shows. Of course, last week was uh, with the great Mr. Warren Hayes. And, of course, there's links to our shop where you can get something pretty neat. Uh, you can actually find, Mike, this sweet mf right here. That's yeah. right. Uh, how I referred to it on Twitter is a hot cocoa sipping mug. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm a real badass. Uh, that's how badass well, I thought mf stood for mug for drinking. Here's my mug for drinking right here. It's got yes. those turtles on it. Mm. So you guys can check all that out at BODpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at BODpodcast. Find the YouTube play, uh, page and please subscribe. You won't miss another live show because eventually these won't pop up on Twitter anymore. So you do want to subscribe to YouTube. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, find us there. I don't know. I guess I'm all out of sorts because I expended all the air in my body to shout as quietly as possible. Uh, how how excited a fan would be to see Kenny Omega do the thing, Mike? Should we do the thing? Should we do Eric? Should we do the thing? What do let you me, let me do, do the thing. Maybe I should do. The, I don't. Maybe I should do it. Yeah, should I do it? Should I do it? All right, let's do the thing, Mike. Uh, let's. let's All right, on three, one, two. A W. That's right. We never get to do this to the beginning of the show because we always skip on down to That's the Wednesday be. Night Wars. Man, <laughs> before we do that, though, I'm very excited that one of my Black Friday purchases came, came in. Matt! That's gotta be Kane! Dance of Kane! Now, where, where does that shirt where does that shirt come from? Is that a WWE shop, you said? Yes, uh, but I, that, do have a, yeah, I do have a treat for you next week, too. I got another shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. I'm pretty pumped to show off. Uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, because that does that does look something outside of what you'd normally get at WWE Shop. I, I know. Feel like it, it goes the extra mile. It's a little bit it nicer. Just, it was sitting there for like, uh, t I don't know, $12.99. Oh, you know what? what? Keep keep talking. Wait, I got to take that's it. Gotta, that's got to be. That's got to be Matt. That's gotta be Matt. That's Michael's brother, Matt. That's gotta be him. Look at the burns on his face. Look at the scars. Hey, look at Matt's new shirt. 
forgot I forgot I was wearing this. It's uh, I listened to the Brothers of Discussion T-shirt. Cool. I don't know. Could you hear me a moment ago? Oh, because when you uh, you went <laughs> offline for a second, I said, uh, "That's got to be Matt. Look at all the burns on his face." <laughs> oh, thanks for <laughs> making sure I heard that. <laughs> I was worried. I was just doing popsies uh, for myself. Matt, Mike, give us a give us a twirl. Let's see the back. Oh, it's uh. Great. Do, do, do. Keep turning, man. Do, 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 I can't. I have headphones. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Mike, uh, head, let's try this again. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pro Wrestling News, AEW. Yeah, Mike, graphics. AEW. Why am I putting my... I'm going to look bored. AEW. Oh, that's because I am bored by this. AEW nearly cracks one million. Uh, Skulls. Yeah, uh, I guess people like talking about this. Uh, it's really become such a bore because it's such a nut that. Oh my god, we're almost we're excited that almost Mike. There's oh my god, there's so many goddamn people on this planet. There's so many goddamn Americans, and we're excited that almost a million people watched the TV show. Oh well, god, um, no, I guess it's bigger than it was. Uh, I'll just say, I think what, I, I don't know if it's just looking, okay, for me, <laughs> what I think it is, I, I think what it is, is uh, it's almost validation, right, as a wrestling fan. I think it's hope as a as a wrestling fan. Um, we know that WWE is going to do fine. Their numbers are just going to grow or, you know, kind of be steady, probably for the foreseeable future. It'll be kind of tough for them to crumble at this point. It's such a a well-oiled machine it would be like you know the national football league just collapsing um it's just it's so big it would be hard to do that but i think when people see these numbers for what's basically you know a kickstarter startup wrestling company uh obviously with the backing of the uh you know tony khan family pockets uh it's not that much of a startup but you know what i'm getting at um Right. It's a small potato looking up at, you know, a big ball of WWE mashed potatoes. And, you know, there's viewership. It's growing. It's expanding. Uh, they're taking risks by including invasions over to Impact Wrestling. And my God, Matt, we might get an actual, um, instead of a, you know, a, a foe, if you will, F-A-U-X, a foe, um, WWE, WCW invasion. You might just get New Japan guys crashing in. You might get Impact guys just, you know, parachuting in. Um, and then we might end up getting, you know, eventually pay-per-views where we see these guys clash with each other uh, from from different uh, uh, promotions. So I think that number, it's just, it's symbolic of these other things that AEW's, it's, it's reach, it's uh, influence, it's interest is growing. So I don't... I hope that people don't just, you know, um, you know, like the social network when they got, you know, uh, a million people with Facebook pages, you know, and they were shooting off confetti and drinking champagne. I don't, I hope it's not that. I don't think it's that. I think it's just a symbolic measure that this is not, um, you know, this isn't hillbilly wrestling in the backyard with, without a future. This is a, a real thing. Uh, people are interested. It's, it's growing. And uh, it just means, you know, as a wrestling fan, that uh, there's there's options for you, and there's competition for WWE, and we we know we know how important that is for a good product. Yeah, it's just to me. So yeah. the numbers going up. My yeah. my my thing is that it's still not. It's it, that this isn't like what people like. We we do it right. Like we're watching pro wrestling on TV. But normal yeah. people, <laughs> normal people are streaming something on Netflix every night. Like it's just, it's not a thing anymore. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it's next on the list after radio. So I just, I, I find it so hard to get excited about television ratings because what we needed to see happen was that when the WWE Network started, that that became like, oh, this is competing with Netflix and Amazon Prime, and then we went, oh. It's not even like a full fraction of a fraction of a number of people that are, that are signing up for it. Yeah. Uh, and I think AEW would be terrified to try something like that, rightly so, because it looks like a, a failure from a revenue perspective in WWE's uh, camp. They had to go uh, do wrestling overseas so that they could bring in revenue. Uh, 
I guess it's it's fun to talk about. It's cool to see the numbers go up. It'd be great to see the numbers go up and stay up. Um, I don't know if we saw enough this past week to say that they will. And uh, I know I'm probably going to be the pessimist on this episode. Mike, you sound like you're you're a little bit more excited uh, for what AEW is doing. I, I just, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't know. What did I, we get? We got a promo on Impact that said, tune in tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss Dynamite. And it was like, okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was going to happen. Uh, I wanted something a little bit, like, people are, were really excited about it. I, I, I was supremely disappointed in what happened. Um, and I'm fine that all of our viewers just dropped off as I started talking. Because it needs to be said. <laughs> that promo um, was not that great in the luxury bus. It wasn't. It was not that great. Yeah. Uh, and the notion that he's uh, he's not satisfied with comic books, so now he's going to go to championships, and he's already seen he's not satisfied with the AEW championship. Forced night two, where his entire promo was about how this piece of gold is the number one thing in pro wrestling. And it was like, well, see, we could have gotten Juice your story on night two if you didn't fuck up on night one and say, this isn't enough for me. So it's it's that problem that WWE has always talked about is that they need to continue to build their own brand. And they essentially had their number one superstar go to another show and say, this championship's not good enough for me. I need more, which is great, but there is that problem. Like, what do you do after Kenny Omega? Now you have a title that's already been defined as not good enough for Kenny Omega, which again, which is why night two happened. And night two was pretty much Kenny saying, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I love this title, but I saw that. Like I read through that. I said, okay, this was the, this was the retread on everything he said on night one. So I don't know if you caught that. That's what I took from these two promos. If you watch them back to back, you can kind of see the, the change there and the uh, the tone between I need more to I'm pretty happy with this, but let's see what else I can do. It's, you know, it's just it's already muddied. And, and of course, Mike, you know, I've been making fun of it since it happened on Tuesday. The back and forth and ruining, completely ruining. Good night. Bang. I just. I can't get over how badly they ruined that moment. Like, have your have your catchphrase. Make it cool to say. Don't just make it this thing that you're throwing in people's faces. Like, it should have been... It should have been something... Like, if Don Callis had just looked over at Kenny and just internally you could see he was excited. Instead... Like, Don had to let us know that he knew that it was cool. And then Kenny had to let us know that he knew it was cool. And then they said it. And I, I just, the moment could have been awesome. And I honestly think it was ruined. There, I said it. Matt is the one on the Brothers of Discussion who is not liking week one of Impact and AEW working together. Wow. wow. The Brothers of Sour Grapes. Let me tell you. I That's don't... not sour grapes. No, well, I guess it could be right. if you say so, that wasted time. Let me, yeah. let me say that uh, on Facebook this week uh, in the discussion group. We did. Uh, we had a, a pretty uh, hearty debate. Um, I, I won't call it a debate. It was a, kind of a landslide about the feelings <laughs> on uh, Kenny Omega's uh, promo abilities. <laughs> right. Um, that's not his, uh, his best skill, uh, no. I think, is the consensus. Uh, much better pro wrestler than he is uh, orator. Um, but that's okay. I think I, uh, I'm kind of taking, uh, you know, in my, uh, we call it a Manhattaning, when you Dr. Manhattan, you know, back in time to a moment. Uh, you know, AEW is uh, a futureless, you know, one-off pay-per-view, and then it grew. So this uh, very bizarre way to introduce an AEW crowd to Impact Wrestling um, or, you know, obviously you're probably not introducing Kenny Omega to Impact fans. Um, I got to think that they knew he existed in some capacity. Right, yeah, you're um, right. 
<laughs> I guess it's just a jumping off point. And I think they wanted to see what Impact's numbers were. And then I think they wanted to see what AEW's numbers were after just, just, just an inkling of a twinkling in the eye of a sampling of what could happen. So I don't think on night one they wanted to give you Kenny Omega, you know, defending his belt against, you know, Carl Anderson, you know, the uh, main event of that Impact show. But right. I think they're going to, you know, sit back and see how the numbers are going. And I think that they're already seeing positive results, you know, where we're nearly hitting a million viewers. Um, so I think they're kind of like, wow, what if we actually book something where we had a crossover tag team tournament or something like that? Um, you know, that's where we can, you know, maybe get the, the real bullet club back together uh who knows uh you know tons of possibilities and returns and all that fun stuff but um i i think that they're gonna see that uh that million um you know if by god what if they got the demo god to show up on impact um like he probably has a clause in his contract where he will never have to do that um but um i think the returns have already been positive so I think this was just, this was barely a baby toe in the water. And um, I think you're going to see, you know, something of substance in the future. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I know that you're, you're kind of upset that I think what's really going on here is you're already contractually obligated by the brothers of discussion to watch about nine hours of wrestling every week. So impact added two more hours right. and gave you a grumpy night with your wife and your child. <laughs> And so what you're doing is taking it out on the Brothers of Discussion faithful. And so just take that part out of the equation, Matt. Just take it out. Take it right out. And just realize that in your future, you're going to be seeing Hot Carl fight Kenny Omega. It's going to happen. See, and that, I, I, we'll talk about it later. But I, there are issues that pop up with that, too. Because it's not like... I, like, I can't... I can't see a situation where Moose and Kenny Omega go at it and Moose walks away with his impact heavy or his TNA heavyweight championship, the impact title, which he'll probably win soon. It looks like after doing a modicum of research on impact wrestling and the, um, and the AEW champion. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think that's what we're going to see. So it, it already turns into, we're just watching exhibition matches, which is cool, I think. Um, and we've we've often said like that would be pretty neat. But I mean, not, I always look at it not necessarily like belts being won or lost because we know that ultimately, you know, they don't want the the TNT, you know, champion to you know be, be I don't know access. be a abyss or something like that, you know. Um, well, he works for WWE now, so does he? Yeah, he's so. Uh, well, you know great. what, Impact? Update your website because now I look foolish. Uh, <laughs> somehow he's still on the payroll. I don't know if he's getting a pension. I don't know what's going on there. Um, <laughs> but um, I think really what I would do is look at it like, you know, the invasion storylines where it's more about one company getting it, getting over on the other, not necessarily, you know, Darby Allen jobbing out to uh, somebody not a biz, somebody actually on the payroll at Impact. Um, that's that's I think that's what's enjoyable for me. I like the invasion storyline. I liked uh, I like Survivor Series every year, um, even though immediately after that pay per view, suddenly all the brand loyalty is gone, and it's all about me, me, me. Um, if just once a year we could start doing these like cross promotional battles, I think that would be a yeah. fun, a fun uh, quirk. I guess I guess I just get tired of the hyperbole that wrestling has changed forever because of this, and I just am not. It's changed forever and that it's turned into the 1960s and 50s with the territories where you would send your big boy out to, you know, the southeast and then they would send their big boy over to you in Texas and then they would get to run the gamut of all the bad guys and then they'd switch back and come back home and have a big return home match. And this actually just, you know, to Manhattan again, we're just Dr. Manhattaning. We're just going in the flat circle. We did the territories. Now we're doing the territories again. Where you send your big boys out to go, uh, you know, sell the product. Well, the uh, the one thing I will say is my absolute favorite thing that happened because of all of this yeah. was that uh, I got a chance to watch uh, the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament Ooh. and uh, Taya Valkyrie and uh, Rosemary versus Deanna Parazzo and Kimberly. Oh, Mike. 
All right. I, I talked with our good friend Amy right after the match uh, because she she was familiar with the knockouts uh, uh, division. More, well, I mean, we're we're familiar with these names. We were talking John Morrison's lady. We know who Deanna Parazzo is. Um, but it was just something to me where I saw immediately so much more character in this women's division than I've seen in any, and I, I, I freely admit I am not watching this. I'm not trying to hide the fact that I'm not saying like, I, I'm a huge fan of these knockouts. So let's make sure we get, no, I have not watched this and it's, it's on my, it's my bad. It's my fault that I'm not watching it. But I want you all to to go back and, and watch it because the, the character development, not only like you can feel it in their entrances, but you can see it during the matches. It is so important who they are that that defines how the match is going to go. When they get tagged in, they're completely changing the style of wrestling that's going down. The only problem is if you had to compare like the NXT women's division, and maybe this is unfair, to this knockouts division, the athleticism is off the charts in the NXT women's division. And there's a lot of clunky, clumsy uh, maneuvers that I saw in that match. But ultimately, I was able to get over it because there was so much character and story in this match, which I do think lacks quite a bit. I think we're seeing some some hope with Xia uh, Lee getting uh, whipped with a stick so that she'll become a stronger pro wrestler. Uh, and if you did see that segment, you'll notice that Xia actually was not the one who's being whipped, but you were supposed to put that in your head through the repetition yeah. of the video. Uh, <clears throat> but, like, that is coming, it looks like. But, like, that is surely something that's missing. Right now, it's just, I'm the king of the mountain and try and take me down. Um, which, like, we enjoy watching it. Uh, we're going to get into Raquel Gonzalez later in the show, and I think she's ready for an NXT Women's Championship run already. Uh, but, you know, who is Raquel? You know, uh, Rosemary is this crazy, like, uh, Abaddon uh, type of character or a fiend type of character. Uh, she's She's got, you know, the supernatural vibes behind her. It was really cool to see. Uh, and... and you know, again, I think something like that is missing from the NXT women's division. I don't know if you look at it and go, that's the one that needs to change. But if there's anything that could be added or something they could learn, it's from how much story and character development is in the, the knockouts division. Um, yeah. So that was my, that was my, I'm glad I watched it for that reason. Uh, but Mike, what did we say last week? Sting can come back as long as he isn't fighting. Um, now, is he going to fight Darby Allen or was he just saying he, I'm here for him in regards to I'm going to be his dad. <laughs> I'm going to adopt me a little baby bouncing baby boy. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much uh, wrestling loves those stories. I like, uh, I think they did a really good job with sting uh, this week on the, on the promos, uh, Tony Schiavone trying to escape and sting says, Whoa, 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 Whoa. It's been too long, buddy. Give me a big hug. And then we got to hear it's sting. It was, that was a pretty cool moment. I think if you just turn off, you know, um, that, that, uh, kind of, uh, pessimistic side of your brain, just enjoy, you know, listening to Schiavone and sting, which was a pretty cool audio visual combo, uh, you know, for us in the nineties. Um, but Sting kind of came out. It was really lighthearted. I don't think, you know, we were kind of giving Omega some grief earlier, but Sting was never like, you know, a promo master. He's more about the the presence and the aura, kind of like Undertaker. Yeah. Um, He's aware of what he is. You know, with his limitations. Like, yeah. Yes. I think, uh, I don't think I've ever seen him look so relaxed on the microphone and so at ease. And like, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. He had Kate, like a, a birthday smile going. This close to giving Cody a noogie, I thought. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he took his little shots, but um, I, I don't, I don't foresee him having, you know, a, a elongated, uh, heavy wrestling schedule. Um, it, it didn't look like he was going out there to, you know, throw down with Cody next week. Right. It looked like he was just trying to make his presence known and uh, give the fans a thrill and, you know, wave his little hat like Jimmy Dugan and uh, League of Their Own. And then, yeah. uh, you know, he might have a little 
um, cameo here and there, but I, I didn't get the feeling that he's going to be wrestling full-time at all. Um, I think he's just going to be part of it. I think he sees the value in it, and there's just something magical about TNT nightly and seeing Sting go out there. So he, uh, I, I think he you know, maybe we'll be in that Arn Anderson uh, role, just kind of manage somebody. I, I, yeah, I think ultimately we could still say that. Um, now, uh, moving on, Mike, uh, we do uh, every week focus a lot on Wednesdays. We love our Wednesdays. We don't give a lot of time unless there's something huge like a financial situation with the WWE. Like I, I went back and looked at our notes. We do not give a lot of time to what's going on storyline-wise in the WWE. So unless there's a pay-per-view. So let's do it. Mike, these right now, it, it baffles me that this is going to go under the radar because of the news on AEW and Impact Wrestling. But we are probably seeing... I, uh, there's there's five stories here, I think, that are incredible that are going on right now. You've got Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, and of course, mixing in the Usos with that, and, and the punishments that have to be delivered to the Usos so that they come up to Roman's level or <laughs> meet the family expectation. That is, that is fucking brutal. That is some shit. Um, like, that is... Like, think about the the punishment you'd have to deliver to a family member. Like that that's some real like theatrical drama. That that is some hardcore shit. Uh, continuing the hardcore shit, uh, the Fiend and Randy Orton. Again, another one. Like just knocking it out of the park. We don't even have a belt involved. But Mike, you know, I don't know why it's going so good. I don't know why. Because the Fiend is doing what I said he should have done from day one, and that was tour all of his losing pay per view bouts. Do the work, do the tour around the roster, get back on top, beat everyone who's ever beaten you. That's what he's doing. And it works so well for this character. It's going to start to transform Randy Orton into something else. I, I don't know if he started sniffing around, uh, you know, with, with Drew McIntyre, but it would be really cool if like something brought him back into like, I don't know if I want to see like, when he was a part of the Wyatt family and that lasted for like a, boop, just a little heartbeat. I don't, I don't know if I want that, but I want something crazy to happen or, or at least uh, Randy can have a break before he fights John Cena and two more WrestleManias. Uh, but then uh, Sheamus and McIntyre seems to be moving along smoothly. We're going to, we're going to get an amazing, we're going to get an amazing bout of McIntyre and AJ, but we know AJ's going to lose because we have Sheamus waiting in the wings. And then there's our two great stories with the Hurt Business. You got Cedric Alexander getting his signature win over a former WWE champion. And Bobby Lashley just keeps rising up. Taking out Jeff Hardy this past week. I, I can't, you can't stop his momentum. Mike, do you want to touch on any <laughs> Even though I took, pretty much took everything away there. Yeah, you know, the fascinating thing for, uh, for all these storylines is none of these guys are new. These are all, you know, WWE veterans, uh, long in the tooth. Uh, Kevin Owens, been here for years. Roman Reigns, been here for years. Uh, Bray Wyatt, in some capacity. Randy, of course. Uh, Sheamus, um, you know, Drew. Um, so I think what we really want to give credit to is, I don't think I've ever felt like this fresh and invigorated to watch a Randy Orton match or feud. Um, I know he had some really good work. Uh, you know, recently with like Kofi Kingston, um, uh, with Edge, obviously, he's really been on a like a real hot streak. Like it's like he's he's uh, his his career is just revitalized. Um, yeah. They've put him with some new dance partners. It's it's so refreshing to not see him, like you mentioned, um, you know, battling John Cena again. Um, and then Sheamus, you know, he's kind of been stuck in this weird kind of floundering role where he just kind of meanders from one haphazard tag team, you know, to the next with, you know, uh, measures of success here and there, uh, sometimes a tag title, uh, you know, not a, not an especially long lived reign. Um, but he, you know, he's won matches, but it's never really felt, you know, there's his partners and his tag teams are so interchangeable. I, I don't, I doubt anybody could really you know, like draw a, you know, Charlie Cox timeline of, you know, Seamus's tag team, uh, uh, career, but something about putting him together with Drew and, you know, that that bond that they have, you know, coming from the same 
you know, part of Europe, um, you know, having that, that brothership, that kinship, where it does feel like these, you know, two men who are evenly sized, you know, have a, a real connection and to see them eventually fracture to a point where they're going to have a payoff match, hopefully at Royal Rumble, um, it, it generally sounds like a, a real treat. Um, I, I can't believe, you know, what's happened to my appreciation and love for AJ Styles, but I'm much more looking forward to Drew versus Sheamus than I am the phenomenal one going to, going up against the Claymore kicker. Um, and it's just a testament to like Sheamus's evolution. It's, it's, it's great, Matt. I, you know, sometimes you had to last for words when you get to just, you know, put the writing of uh, WWE up on a pedestal. And this, this is one of those opportunities where I, I'm just excited to see what happens next. And, I'm so excited. Like, I know what chapter's coming. I can't wait for the next chapter. And as far as, you know, being a wrestling company, it's never about night of. We talk about it all the time. It's about getting you ready for the next night. And that's what I'm excited for. I, I'm, I'm even more excited to see a Royal Rumble payoff match between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. So that's a feud I, I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think uh, with that one, too, you mentioned uh, that, like, WWE – creative um doing well on that i think it's another one where they get to capitalize on like real life uh so it, the the failing would have been not capitalizing on it and i think we've seen it in the past where we've said this writes itself just do it especially when it comes to like the fiend so that he wasn't losing to like bill goldberg and stuff but moving <laughs> to what they are doing right uh we can talk about the seamus and mcintyre feud i i can't I can't get enough of it. I do. I I never really hate the idea of a feud like this running through a championship match because I think it brings more intrigue. Like, how is AJ going to go down, or is he going to get mixed in with like a triple threat? Is Sheamus going to screw up like trying to help because it looks like AJ's trying to get some buddies involved? It does. It adds an element where it's not just one versus one, and we know boom, McIntyre's going to keep moving. And um, we're still waiting for, right? We're still waiting for like a Brock Lesnar return or something like that. So that would... <laughs> two uh, two tweaks, I think, um, respectively to like Randy Orton and Sheamus. Sheamus, I I get it's wrestling. You know, it's, uh, you know, Macho Man coming out in tassels and a cowboy hat and it all glitters like a disco ball. Um, you know, uh, Ric Flair coming out in a you know, playboy, um, you know, flashy bathrobe. Um, but something about Seamus just kind of dialing it down a little bit and putting the cap instead of the spiky red hair, yeah. um, kind of getting the, uh, you know, little slim, uh, tank top. So he kind of looks like a, like an old school, you know, hey, kind of peaky, peaky blinders, uh, kind of gangs in New York, you know, brawler. It, it's such a better look for him and it's so much easier to take him seriously. Um, hats off if they just told him, Hey, however you want to dress, because it's working. Yeah, and literally, hats off because that when he's got the hair down and it's flat, I, I don't know what it is, but he just looks more badass. He looks more ready to fight than knowing that he styled his hair to spike it up. Like, I, I like seeing him yeah. with the hair down. That, that's a man ready to fight. That's a guy who's ready to go at any time. Not, uh, not spiky haired Seamus. So maybe we'll see that transition as we move along here. Yeah. Uh, Mike, if there's anything else, uh, if not, I think it's time. Is it time already? Yeah, it's time for the Wednesday Night Wars. Woo! All right, Mike, we're going to be talking NXT and AEW. Uh, <clears throat> we go at it every week to figure out who had the better show. Um, Mike, we could judge it by ratings like everyone else does, or we could judge it going match by match and figuring out uh, who, based on our top three matches every week, uh, who had the better week. I think and we're both... 
And we have a dishonorable mention. That's right. Uh, so if it's so bad, can it pull them down and make them the worst show? No, uh, we don't. We don't do that. But we do like to have our dishonorable mentions in there. Um, Mike, I. I don't know, uh, off the top of my head, I feel like we know what we're going to pick to be the, the winner this week. Um, but I, I think there's a shot that we had a couple of the better matches were on USA this week. Even though I think the more ground-shaking moments happened on TNT. No comment. All right, let's jump in. I will... I, I will say I'll go first then. Um, just with that comment, uh, NXT will go first. Unless you want it, unless you have some, you have some, you can say some. I, you know, I'm a big Karrion Cross fan. I like seeing Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, and looking at the notes, Matt, uh, you know, whenever I see that grizzled young vets are getting a push, that usually just means for for me by default that program is the winner. Um, it's just so much happened in AEW uh, kind of propelling the future of professional wrestling forward into uncharted waters. Yeah. I think you got to give AEW the win this week. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's uh, that's kind of where I, I'm leaning now, but let's, uh, maybe it'll change. All right, Mike. Do that. Mike, number three for the next extra time wrestling. Hashtag Wednesday Night Wars. Oh, God. All the hot chocolate. It's coming up. Ugh. All right. Number three. Mike, it, it was something where you brought up Karrion Cross, and we can't go through this without talking about it. You can see in my notes what my number three is. Um, but it was pretty hard not to pick, like, just go, all right, Karrion Cross destroying Damian Priest because we don't need that muddying our <laughs> NXT Championship discussion. That was yeah. a very close number three. But number three was Pete Dunne defeating Killian Dane. I mean, the entire segment was beautiful. You had another just... I. It's another mwah, chef's kiss from Drake Maverick. He helps out Killian Dane. And, uh, you know, Mike, it's almost been two and a half years since you wrote your first article about Killian Dane where you wanted to shoot him off into the moon. Uh, you wanted to give him everything. And this is probably one of his best matches uh, in since, since having a WWE contract. I mean, wherever you want to throw this, if you want to go WWE, if you want to say his short stint in NXT UK, if you want to say what he's doing right now, all of it combined, this is probably one of his best matches, and it's no coincidence that it's, you know, it, it makes sense. It's it's with Pete Dunne. But um, the match itself was fantastic. I love the story of mixing in Drake Maverick. He comes in for the save, and he's so excited he got the save that uh, Larkin and Birch come right around and just beat the crap out of him after he saves Killian Dane from, from Larkin and Birch. So he scares him off. And then when he turns around to celebrate, they come back around and beat him up. It was like a classic Drake Maverick thing. You were kind of thinking it as it was happening. You're like, why isn't he paying attention to Lorcan and Birch anymore? It's, it's either right there. Turn around, man. And then he gets clobbered. It was it was like slapsticky. So it was you get the the it's fun. It's it's kind of sad and heartbreaking because you see Drake Maverick, he's like, Yeah, I did it. And it just turns on him like that. Uh, and then you, you kind of get the heartbreaker moment, too, where, where Killian Dane does go down uh, once he starts to, to help his little buddy. And uh, I, I tweeted out, I said, this is why Han Solo told Luke Skywalker not to get cocky. Uh, essentially, that's what Killian Dane wanted Drake to do. And that's that was the downfall of the match. Now, these two grow stronger every week. I love to see it. Uh, I think it, that in itself is a great story. And uh, anytime that the, the story gets moved forward another notch, I, I love it. And I, I, I talked to earlier about like the, the the knockouts division for Impact and me being introduced to that this week, like getting a real introduction. It's one thing for me to know their names, but for me to sit down and watch a full match, um, this is this is what I want. Like this is you've got uh, a compelling match even without the story, but the story mixed in. Uh, was fantastic, and you kind of wondered where Pat McAfee and his boys were going to go after this. Well, they let us know, and uh, I I'm intrigued. So, number three for me, Mike, that was my 20 minutes. What's number uh, three on AEW? He went over his time. He went over his time. Uh, I would like extra time to do my rebuttal. Right. Then, uh, moment number three comes all the way from Chelsea, Michigan. 
Oh, hang in it. We never share the women's weight. It's Tasha Price. Matt, she came from Michigan. Went all the way to AEW just to battle the new number one contender for Karushita's Women's Championship. Matt, Tasha Price got annihilated by Down in Abaddon. Um, And this is my moment number three because, by God, if Abaddon doesn't get over, I am going to... I don't have any hats. I'm going to have to go to the store and eat my hat. Um, Matt, she is the living incarnation of a Danny Boyle zombie. Um, she's spewing dark, red, oxygen-rich blood on the stage as she's crawling up on all fours. Uh, her, her eyes are two different colors. One of them looks dead. One of them looks to be on its way out of the program. Um, and at the end, she she just wrecked some wrecked some woman in that match. And then uh, to the rescue came uh, Sheeta, who who brought a uh, her kendo stick and gave her a good uh, gave Abaddon a good bopping right in the skull. And then uh, Abaddon in classic Undertaker and Kane fashion uh, did the the old you know sit up. From the ground, and uh, it looks like we're gonna finally maybe have a little something uh, for Sheeta to do battle with, huh? Now, right, I, I know it had to happen at uh, nine twenty because that's what the women usually get. They get nine twenty to nine thirty. All right, ladies, you got ten minutes to sell the whole division. All right, that includes entrances, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, so Abaddon went out there and spewed up some guttural viscera. And uh, by God, Matt, she scared our way into our hearts. Give this woman a streaming show on Shudder. Um, and more importantly, give her a meaningful storyline with Sheeta. Clean cut, uh, proper looking Abaddon from the very bowels of hell. Matt, I am very excited for the future of Abaddon. Matt, that brings us to moment number two from Next Extra Time Wrestling. And you've you've got you've got some pressure on you, Mike. Uh, you've got Xander Walker ninety one saying the Sting Darby Allen uh, moment wins the war, wins the Wednesday Night War. Just that moment it's alone. The war. Oh, oh my you, God! You've got some pressure on you to fill out your your Wednesday Night War here because uh, I had this one mention, but I'll see what I can do. Uh, you know. All right, change your order. Mike. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, hey, moment number. Mike, you, you stole my thunder because I wasn't going to say their names till we got here, but the Grizzled Young Vets are back! And they kicked ass! Oh, it was so great! Oh, Will you do that? one favor for me? Yeah. Will you step away from the microphone and give us a full-fledged Grizzled Young Vets? Matt, for the people. Oh, did, I, did I blow out the mic? No, I just want you to do the full thing. <laughs> the Grizzled Young Vets! That was more McIntyre, but that was pretty good. All right. I, I, <laughs> I'm not here to impress you. Anyway. Clearly. Uh, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Young Vets get their win. They immediately, if you if you went across uh, the Twitter sphere or if you take a look at some of the, the media types, uh, instantly they are the number one contenders for, for everything. Uh, <laughs> it, it just turned into that. Um and I'm fine with that. I think the Grizzled Young Vets are, are uh, I mean, they held on to the NXT UK tag titles for long enough. They're, they're a team that we know can talk on the mic. Uh, they they can hold those championships forever. They could be on the main roster and really pull up the, the main roster tag teams, you know, I, miles past where they're at right now. Um, I would love to see Liverpool's number one go toe-to-toe -to -toe on the microphone with the New Day. I, this is one of those, Mike. This is like one of my babies, the Grizzled Young Vets. That's one where I don't. This is I don't want them to get called up. I think Undisputed Era could be successful on the main roster. I don't think that the Grizzled Young Vets would do well on the main. We could like we would respect it. We would love it. But what we've seen in the past with all these tag teams from NXT, I think they'd get fucked. And I would be so scared if they got called up because they turn into a joke. They try and sell the take your shoes off thing and just turn them into this this losing spiral and they'd never come back and it would be ugly. I think I don't think you could be more wrong on this one, man. This okay. is one of your worst takes. Yeah. I think I think the grizzled young vets soon. Champions. James Drake. I got Liverpool's number one. 
Are your ears blown out yet? No. no. Uh, but uh, I got my back's broken from all the evidence that we have that would suggest I was right. Okay, Mike, you're number two. Segment for AEW. Well, son of a bitch. I feel a lot of pressure to adjust my whole list now. Um, yeah, do you want to make a friend for life? I got Were you born in 91 or are you a huge Sergey Fedorov fan? That's where <laughs> that's where my head went. All right. You could have commented anything, and I've been lost in trying to, to figure out what's going on there. All right. I'm gonna say moment number two is Sting. How about that? Can I do that? I'm gonna have him in the top three, but I can't do number one because no, I don't know if that Going back to Xander, he said that that moment alone won the Wednesday Night Wars. So he didn't necessarily say it was the best moment. There could be better moments. Oh, Xander, let us know. He's born in 91. I was I was kidding. Nobody right. knows who Sergey Fedorov is anymore. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Sting, Matt, you know, this is, uh, this is more than just a nostalgia trip. It is a hell of a nostalgia trip, but um, this was just electricity. This is a reminder of what wrestling could be. Um, we got to honor and enjoy, like, knowing that Sting is going to come out and probably help elevate Darby Allen to some point um, for just a few moments in time. Matt, we talked about Manhattaning. This was another Manhattan moment. Um, you forgot where you were when the snow comes out. I don't know how we've been watching wrestling this long. We've we seen explosions. We've seen fireworks. We've seen fireballs for, that's got to be Kane. And somehow, Matt, we've never seen snowflakes before. Um, and they've never seemed more intimidating. Who thought a individualized, one-of-a-kind, beautiful snowflake could introduce, uh, you know, the icon? And it's, it's genius because it's it, it looks really cool, and it's got to be super cheap, right? Yeah. I mean, you're just getting a little snow machine for maybe 30 seconds. Right. Um, the only but- but they did have to hire a snow guy, so I'd like them to stop bringing in more snow people. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the working hand at the AEW production <laughs> meetings coming through, snow guy. <laughs> Just really wants everyone to know that he's there. I don't know if you know this. I'm, uh, I'm the snow guy. Uh, that's I'm my, snow my, guy. my truck back there. It's not, no, it's not actually real snow. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Because you can't really get snow in Florida. How about that? His, his first and last name are both one-syllable white names. That's Hank Frank. I'm Snow Guy. <laughs> uh, Hank. Uh, sorry, Mr. Frank. We need right. a fresh blast of snow. The icon's coming out. Hey, my, no uh, problem. My oh, dishonorable man. mention for the week, Mike. Let's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with just... God, I, do, I hate to pick a wrestling match, but it really meant nothing to me. So I'm just going to go Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve. It wasn't terrible, but it's hard to pick because I, I really like the opening segment for NXT. And you got Tony Storm and Io Shirai getting teased. Again, Karrion Cross and Damian Priest going at it. Like, that that was all fun. So that's uh, that, that was my dishonorable mention because there's nothing else to pick. So I feel kind of bad, but that's it. Number one from NXT, though, easily. And I would say to our new friend, Raquel Gonzalez, winning was moment of the night. I will concede. I will concede the night as the representative of NXT. I think it's obvious that AEW won the night. But this was match of the night. This was easily the best thing we saw. So I I will... There's my, I moved my chess piece. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to knock my king down for the whole thing to go down. But Mike, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take out your queen with a pawn. I don't know, this is dumb. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking. But yeah, that that Raquel Gonzalez, that match did everything to define who she's gonna be as a pro wrestler. Uh, you, you got to see the dominance and this different style that you, you know, you, you, you're hoping with every division not just a women's division every division wants to have that bruiser the person who's going to just completely dominate physically it's not necessarily about um the the movement in the ring or your agility this is what she is and it looks beautiful and who we've been able to see it tested on i think it's worked every single time and it's it's this difference of 
Tony Storm challenging Io Shirai is her being in the championship conversation. But Raquel Gonzalez putting on the performance she put on put her in the championship conversation. Like that, that is what you want to see. You want to see such a great performance in a main event situation. Good on NXT again to give another women's uh, about uh, the main event. And um, it blew me away. And I am so ready for her to, to run the division. I, that, that division is so deep. I don't think anyone would be upset about basically any of those women running the division, uh, whether it's Dakota Kai, Raquel, Everybody uh, Tony, Rhea, Io, uh, Candice. It's, it's, the depth is insane. Um, but yeah, Ra Raquel, I think, is ready to take a shot. Right. Um, my I, dishonorable I, mention... I, I forgot oh, to thank you. It is, it is that it's a signature win. We talk about it every week. Oh. Somebody's getting one or missing out on a signature win. I think uh, I think OC might have missed out on a signature win this week, but uh, that'll be that'll be up to you if that's part of your number one segment. Uh, but this is doing it right. This was giving the right person the signature win, and now the entire when you do that, the entire division is elevated. Um, but sorry, talk. No, you're you. fine. Um, my dishonorable mention is one that's. Um, I think it's more of a, in a historical perspective. It wasn't bad for the night. It was just Dustin Rhodes in a, a meaningless one-on-one -on -one match versus uh, number 10 from the Dark Order. When I watched that match, I f like, Dustin Rhodes is, like, in his fucking 50s. And he put on, like, the cleanest worked match of the entire night. I would say arguably of both shows. Yeah. And it's not that... You know, he's ever he was ever a luchador or he was ever like a big powerhouse guy, but that guy is so good at just telling little tiny stories in five to seven minute windows because that's all they would ever give him time to do. Um, but he comes out, he's got a unique look. He made number 10 look like a 10. Um, and he won the match. And all he's doing is, you know, propelling this story forward for uh, Dark Order to have an influence. And I guess what I was just thinking is, you know, at some point when Brothers of Discussion, we make, you know, a list of the greatest workers ever. I would 100% include Dustin Rhodes in that list because I just, his his in-ring stories are so good. And he comes in with nothing. He, the dude barely gets promos at this point in his career. And somehow there's still a rooting interest in a Dustin Rhodes match. So. Shame on history for not thinking more fondly on Dustin Rhodes. That's my dishonorable mention. But, Matt, moment number one. I couldn't give it to Orange. I didn't love the schmaz, and I love Orange. I love MJF. I couldn't give it to the Lucha Bros and Lance Archer with Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston fighting his ex-best friend and the Butcher and the Blade. I love all those guys. <sighs> Matt, December 10th, 2020. Is a day where we'll think about December 9th, 2020. <laughs> I looked at, did you see me look at my calendar? Did you? <laughs> okay. Did you check the calendar on that one? I went, nope, nope, you're off. Matt, and December 9th is a day we're going to think about December 8th. And that's because <laughs> Kenny Omega of AEW, he's he's all elite. I saw the Instagram post where his little thing popped up. Ew. Um, and a big thumbs up. I'm AEW. Ew. You know, the. Oh, um, he went to Impact. And like we touched on earlier in the show, it's not, I know that these two nights, it wasn't the best promo of all time. It wasn't even a, a match. But it's something that we might be looking back on um, in months and maybe years to come where this was the first time that, you know, the brands could cross promote. Uh, guys could just invade and, um, you know, and we would see Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, you know, eating popcorn on the sideline at WCW and what a thrill that was. Now that can actually be real instead of seeing that those guys are under contract for that company. Um, that could just be a guy who works for Impact. It could be a guy who works for New Japan. And, you know, maybe we can add a little Tennille Dashwood to my Wednesday nights. She's one of my favorites. Um, we might be at a crossroads, Matt. I, I It's not... It's not hyperbolic to say this might change quite a few things about, you know, how we process wrestling um, and what's possible. Um, 
we're, we're not going to have to, you know, comb through the dirt sheets and see whose contract is up and see if, you know, a, a six month no compete clause has completed. Uh, guys could literally just parachute in. Um, yeah, that's it's, the idea. It's a whole new world. And I think that's why uh, this was such a big night. That's why it's got to be moment number one. No, and a, a quick shout out to to Xander who who did point out like the the best part of that promo was the uh, the uh, sunglasses reveal, the black guy reveal. So falling down the the sunglasses. Um, but I I like what you're saying. Like this has to be number one because it is a thousand percent about the macro level of this. If you look at it from a microscope, was it the greatest? Were those the greatest words ever spoken by a pro wrestler? Was it the greatest delivery? of words by a pro wrestler no not even close nowhere near but is the meaning behind it humongous yes it is earth shattering um and i wish I, I i think what i want is just a campaign for everyone to change the narrative a little bit like to go in that direction like to say this maybe wasn't the greatest promo ever but what it means for pro wrestling is huge. I just want, can that be the narrative? Can we all agree on that? Like, can we just sort of pivot away from trying to anoint this as the greatest promo and instead anoint the moment as the moment that could potentially change you know, forever? Yeah, it's because uh, it gets so gets so far away from being about like the bottom yeah. dollar and like contractual, like contractual obligations, right? Like right. It's, actu it's actual magic. Right. It's actual magic um, that, you know, things can just happen because a couple of people got in a room and said, man, that would be a really cool idea. And we could just do it and not have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, the counter example is always WWE. Like you either got to wait for a guy to get out of his contract or you got to wait for him to actually be available. And now it's kind of like, well, it's, it's almost as exciting as, you know, LeBron James wants to play his last game, you know, as a, as a, you know, a piston. And he's always wanted to play against the Bulls for one night. Like, it's just that kind of like, what? Pistons are going to have LeBron for a night? That's crazy. And uh, it's just that kind of wildness where Kenny Omega is arguably the LeBron of wrestling. Uh, and to see him be able to just, to parse, you know, potentially just defend the belt across different promotions, that's insanity. <laughs> I feel like it's more like if the Pistons had to go up against the Detroit Lions. I, I, I don't know if LeBron coming over to the Pistons. <laughs> I mean, I would still keep him in the same realm. Uh, you know, I don't know okay. if I'd for it, but, you know, I know what you're getting at. But yeah. It's <laughs> right. news. It's a deal. Right. We're yeah. going to be able to wrap up this episode in under an hour if we can get out of here in the next minute. All right. All right. A uh, quick shout out to Andre and Amy who who agreed with me about uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Again, I'll, I'll show those real quick. Uh, Raquel is the female badass Nijax could never be. Andre, a million high fives to that. I think Raquel could own both the NXT women's division. She she might get sent up to the main roster before we can. I'll high five it all the way to the end of the show. And Amy's calling Raquel the ring general. Uh, ring Xander. Xander agrees with you, Mike. The birth of the new territory era. Uh, Xander, Ooh, I hope you're going to yeah. come back with new territories. Yeah. We, we go live on uh, Thursday, so everybody that's checking in today, uh, check us out every Thursday. Uh, we try to go at 8.30. We went at like 8.32 today. But uh, if you can't catch us there, find us on YouTube as the Brothers of Discussion. Subscribe. You'll get the reminders that the show is about to start, and you can catch all the replays later on. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, everywhere that you can find podcasts. I can wrap this up in under an hour. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Go to at Podcast and brothersdiscussion.com and podcast.com. Have a good